You know, one of the things that we try and do in the church is to get everyone involved in a small group. Why are small groups so important? Because one of the ways that we can experience God best is through other people. And when you bond in a small group, you have a depth of relationships uh, with other people more than you'll ever have in any other way. <clears throat> so one of my favorite things that I like to do whenever I start a new group or have new members join <clears throat> a group is I like to have each man take an hour and go through the story of his life. What do I mean by their life story? Talk about when they were born, where they were born, where they grew up, where they're educated, married, kids, jobs, and so on. And I like for them to include the highlights of their life and the lowlights of their life. But I especially want them to talk about their faith and when was their faith most important in their life? And at what other times would their faith have seemed uh, not quite so important, so to speak? And I think this exercise, and I recommend it to any small group, uh, has many benefits. <clears throat> One thing, it helps us to get to know each other better than we normally do. Like one man said, it's nice not to have to wait until somebody dies and you go to their funeral to find out all these interesting things about their life. Secondly, it, it makes the storyteller think about his faith or her faith, as the case may be. And we are told in 1 Peter 3.15 to always be ready to give an account of your faith, which is the reason for the hope that you have in your life. And thirdly, it increases a source of information that like a lot of the, the geezers have told me now, I can pass this on to my children, my grandchildren, so they'll know more about my life than they would have known otherwise. So you don't have to pay $100 a month through some program like StoryWorth in order to find out more things about somebody's life. <clears throat> we did this when the Geezer Group started 15 years ago, and I can still remember some of the stories that were told back then. One man who served in the Navy in the 1950s told us what it was like to be on an aircraft carrier on the northern part of the Mediterranean Sea. And then he would tell us about the planes coming in and landing on the aircraft carrier, which is rather fascinating if you've ever known that. Also about a time one sailor fell overboard, about a time another one got sucked into a jet engine. And, but he said the most memorable event that meant the most to him was when Winston Churchill came on board their aircraft carrier. And he still has a picture in his wallet today of Winston Churchill coming on board. I'll never forget what another man shared about his life and faith. He told us about how his daughter had died when she was in college due to a doctor's misdiagnosis and a wrong treatment. 
<clears throat> then, a few years later, his wife died of cancer. And not too long after that, his business partner absconded with all of their business profits and finances and left him dead broke. He said he didn't know what to do, but he prayed to God and he said, Lord, I made it through my daughter's death. I made it through my wife's death, but this time I can't handle it. I really need your help. And then he told us that within 24 hours, he got an unexpected phone call from an old friend he hadn't talked to in years who asked him if he wanted to go into partnership with him in a very successful business, a business that he stayed active in until he retired years later. You will never get that man to ever say that God doesn't answer our prayers. So when is it in our lives, in your life and mine, when our faith is most important, has a major role to play? When do we need our faith the most? It's clearly to me that it's on the mountaintops and in the valleys of life that we need faith the most. By mountaintops, I'm talking about those times in life when things are so wonderful that we just want to shout out, thank you, Lord, you are such a good God. When a child is born, when we're baptized and first become Christians, when a child gets lost in the woods and they search for a weekend and end up finding that child is okay. When your children graduate from high school and college, when they get married, especially to someone you like, when they get a good job and they're finally off your payroll, when the doctor tells you you've got cancer and you go through months of chemotherapy and radiation, and then the doctor says, you are cancer free. These are all some of the, the highest mountaintop experience of life when we can only cry out, thank you, thank you to God. And I hope none of us ever fail to give that thanks. But what about the other side of life? the valleys of pain and despair, tragedy and suffering. This is really life's crunch time, the critical test of faith. It's either it's there or it's not there. Either we have faith or we don't, or maybe we think we have faith, but then we find out that in the crunch time, it doesn't really work. When you're told that you have cancer and there's nothing more they can do for you. When a child dies. When a spouse is tragically killed in an accident. When you lose your job or face bankruptcy. When you wanna have a baby but no baby comes. When you have fears or face depression. When your husband or wife says, they want a divorce. When you face alcoholism 
or drug addiction. These are the valleys of life and often dark valleys when we realize that we need help that we cannot give ourselves. We need faith. But is it there? Do you have it? Does it work? I once asked a young father whose eight-year-old son had been hit and killed on his bicycle how he was doing. And he gave me an answer that I will never forget. He said, you know, faith is like a parachute. You want to have one. And if you need it, you hope it works. Ours worked. So now we come to the most important thing that I want to say to you today. In fact, this is the whole point of my message. I want you to listen carefully. It's in between the peaks and the valleys of life that we have to do what is absolutely necessary to keep our faith strong so that it will be there when we need it the most, especially in the times of, of the valleys. And how do we do that? You know what it involves. It's just a question of whether or not you do it. Taking time every day for quietness, prayer, and meditation. Be still and know that I am God. Reading the Bible on a regular basis, or better yet, be in a Bible study group. Being in worship on a regular basis. Being connected to other people of faith whether it be a Sunday school class, a small group, a Bible study, or anything else that bonds you closely with other Christians. All of these things we call the spiritual disciplines. And that's nothing new to you. You've heard them all your life. But what I hope I will make you realize this morning is that if you do not do these things, on a regular basis between the peaks and the valleys of life, your faith will not be strong enough when you need it the most. And your prayers will not seem to work and you won't feel like there's any hope, especially when you need it the most. In our scripture lesson this morning, the psalmist says, I stand silently before the Lord waiting for him to rescue me, for salvation comes from him alone. Yes, he alone is my rock, my rescuer, my defense, my fortress. Why then should I be tense with fear when trouble comes? My protection and success come from God alone. He is my refuge and my rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him all the time. Pour out your longings before him, for he can help. Now, do you think that rock, that refuge, that, that fortress just happened the moment trouble came along in life? Clearly, that's not the case. The psalmist says, no enemy can reach me because he has established the rock 
between the peaks and valleys of his life. Jesus tells a parable about a man who built his house on solid rock rather than on the sand so that when the storms came, the house remained strong. Clay preaches on that passage every year on the first Sunday of the year to remind us again of how important it is that we do what's necessary to build our lives on the rock in between the peaks and valleys so that faith will be strong when we need it the most. You've heard the stories, and these are true stories, about prisoners of war, John McCain probably being the the best known during our lifetime, uh, who say that the only way that they maintained their sanity during the years that they were locked up in a little small prison cell was to keep reciting Bible verses, as many as they could think of. But what if they had never learned those Bible verses before getting locked up? I've also had more than one young adult in their 30s come to me and say, while they're trying to raise a family and keep their job going and and juggle everything else you have to do in life, They say to me, you know, when I was a child, I really didn't like having to memorize Bible verses in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. But you know something? Those verses are speaking to me today as I'm struggling with life. But what if they had never memorized those Bible verses when they were a child? That's why I'm such a big fan of Bible memory verses and so glad when Abby said again in staff that that's a major focus for these little children that you see every week up here. When I first started reading the Bible every day as a young adult, even if I only took time to read a few verses, I was amazed at how those verses would always come back to speak to me at some time during the day because of some event that took place. So again, the main thing I'm trying to say today is that you've got to keep your faith strong. You've got to keep your relationship with God alive between the peaks and the valleys of life so that it will be there and be strong when you need it the most. Now, some people think that they're people of faith because they've been brought up in church and they attend church now, or at least once in a while, but they don't really know the Bible and they don't really have a quiet time every day and they're not really a part of a close-knit small group or circle of friends. So when the storms of life come rolling in, as they always will, when the valleys appear, the faith that they thought they had proves to be weak and they have no help to get them through those valleys. It's so true that a strong faith makes our joys in life all the greater and makes our problems in life, our troubles, easier to handle. That that's only if we keep our faith strong. I once had an older Sunday school teacher who would always tell his class 
If you carry your Bible when you're young, it will carry you when you are old. And that's why I told you the last time I preached a few weeks ago that I don't hold much stock in what a lot of people seem to believe when they say, you know, I, I am spiritual, but I'm not religious. I say that because what that statement is saying is really impossible if you think about it. Because what does spiritual mean? Spiritual has to do with your relationship with God, your awareness of God, your sense of God's presence in your life. Spiritual is when we feel the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, when we feel love, we feel joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what spiritual is all about. Religion, on the other hand, has to do with the structures or the disciplines or the daily practices which enable us to have a spiritual experience. These are the things that we need to do between the peaks and the valleys to keep our faith strong. Now, I know that many aspects of religion are man-made or dictated by the church, and as such, can be twisted and go awry. And that is why I believe so many people have dropped out of church in our, our time today. But the fact still remains that you cannot have a true spiritual life, a strong faith in God, without some regular religious practices. So I would be the first one to tell you to get rid of bad theology or man-made creeds or doctrines. But I will never tell you to stop having a quiet time every day or reading the Bible or enjoying close Christian fellowship. These are the things that keep our faith strong between the peaks and valleys of life when we need faith the most. So I say, you cannot be spiritual if you aren't also religious.